0: I mean, I've learned so many great innovative things from, from some of my peers, and, and several of them have resulted in exponential growth. I've, I've developed my transparent business model off of discussions with, with some of my peers. And, you know, that alone is just so undervalued in, in the manufacturing industry. Business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty
1: on the factory floor. Jim Carr and Jason Zenger. Now let's make some chips.
0: So Jim, when we were at the Alro tour, we saw a ton of secondary operations. They were cutting, they were, they were, you know, they had water jet machines, they were doing just a lot of different things. They were milling. What secondary ops have you had quoted from elro before
1: they had beautiful secondary operations that typically they can fulfill for you within the same day that you place that order but i've had them quote some laser cutting for me some water jet um and some super square remember chuck was in our studios a few weeks ago when he was we we chatted extensively about their super square product right um very reasonably priced Alro is doing that secondary operation for me, the machine shop, at a reduced price than I could do before it hits before it hits my machine tool at Car Machine and Tool.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, beautiful. Hello, metalworking nation. My name is Jason Zenger, and this is Making Chips, where we equip and inspire manufacturing leaders. And I'm here in our downtown Chicago studio with my good friend and co-host, Jim Carr. How you doing, Jim? Bam! It's good to be here, man. We're back. We're yeah. back.
1: We're in the city. It's good to be sitting across the table from you once again and talking about all things good in manufacturing.
0: Yeah, we've just been busy. And, you know, I know we we made this commitment to releasing an episode a week, but it, it's just been hard, you know? Well, you've been busy. I uh, mean, you yeah, did a I've new busy. And I, I- The holidays...
1: The holidays were tough. You know what I think? I I noticed last week, I I said to my office manager, I said, I think everyone's just slowly waking up after the holidays. You know what I mean? That happens. That's normal. People are like in a comatose of too much food, too much booze, and too much pumpkin pie or something Yeah, I'm on a
0: diet now. I know. You told me that. I'm on this crazy Whole30 diet that my wife put us on. She doesn't need to lose weight, but I, I could lose a couple pounds.
1: Well that's cuz you're doing all that snacking at night, right? Yeah, cuz I yeah. snack. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well I'm with you too, man. I'm 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 trying. I'm working a little working out a little extra harder nowadays, so. Yep, you got it. I actually I've only been on this diet for 3 days and I have actually been sleeping better and um I I feel better. I have more energy, which uh, people that know me know that I don't need more energy than what I already no, have, but no. it's been good. It's yeah. hard, but that it's that been good. That diet
1: sounds good, but there's one drawback for me. I can't have wine.
0: Yeah, no alcohol for this diet. Yeah. So, Ugh. yeah. Oh, painful. Yeah. So you Ouch. can't do it.
1: Ouch. Anyway, uh, let's move on. I, You know, there's so much manufacturing news that's gone by, and we know we got a new president, and he's really kind of like stirring the pot with manufacturing. I know when I peruse my manufacturing news, he's all over the page.
0: Yeah. So that's one of the things that I want to talk about. This was a, um, a recent article in the USA Today, and, you know, you say stirring the pot. I think that what he wants is what we all want, which is— bringing manufacturing jobs back to the United States. I agree. Um, You know, I have a lot of love for our international Making Chips listeners, which, you know, is about 15% of of, of the Making Chips listenership. But we're here for USA Manufacturing, and this is what we want to talk about and who we want to talk to. And Stanley Black & Decker, which my company, we're, we're a Stanley Proto Black and Decker, Dewalt, they have a lot of different brands, distributor. We sell all of those brands. and they just purchase Craftsman Tools, which is a huge, the very huge famous brand, Craftsman Tools and Sears. they are actually bringing, well it has nothing to do with Sears. They bought it from Sears. So Craftsman Tool is no longer associated with Sears. Right, I would. They're two that. separate companies now. It's but they're keeping
1: the Craftsman brand. They're keep, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's what they're buying. They're right. buying the Craftsman brand. Right,
0: and and Sears was manufacturing a lot of their products overseas, and Stanley Black and Decker Proto is bringing those manufacturing jobs back to the United States. That's awesome. It is awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And and I'd so love the, to hear. Yeah, the title of this article is Stanley Black and Decker to open U.S. plant after Trump's border tax threat. So. Stanley bought Craftsman Tool for $900 million, and they are going to be bringing more manufacturing jobs back to the U.S., um, including building a $35 million factory in where? the United States. Uh, they haven't announced where yet, but they just said that expanding their ma- their American manufacturing makes business sense. And I agree with them. So we we actually converted a lot of their competitors' product to Stanley Proto because we were having problems with our old brand that we used to deal with who couldn't deliver because they were manufacturing a lot of stuff. They used to manufacture overseas. everything in the United States, and they started shifting products to overseas, and we started having trouble with it. And so we converted over to Stanley Proto, and it Was it been delivery,
1: great. or was it quality, or both?
0: They just couldn't they couldn't manufacture the product. So it was delivery. And, and we dealt with this before when um, my company was a primary supplier to ladder company Uh and they ended up filing bankruptcy after they opened up their plant in Mexico because they just couldn't figure out how to make a ladder and they couldn't do it and they ended up you know stiffing me for a lot of money and I'll never buy one of their ladders again yeah don't say any names no I already said (laughs) ladder oh okay they did stiff me for money and they filed bankruptcy it's all public knowledge so but anyway they tried to manufacture in Mexico and, and they couldn't they couldn't get it done. Now they're doing it, but the the family, the original family that owned it, um, lost all of their equity. Yeah. Well, we all know how Sears is
1: struggling. You know, yeah, absolutely. 50
0: stores are closing. Um, and and I believe
1: that their intent to to, to sell Craftsman was to att- an attempt to survive and thrive, which is actually what we're going to talk about in our podcast
0: today is thrive and die.
1: Yeah. Either, either thrive or die. Yeah, and here's one so, great
0: um, statistic if I can share this, Jim, before yeah, we go. move on is Stanley Black & Decker has expanded their U.S. manufacturing jobs to 3,000 up from 800 only three years ago. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. 2,200 more jobs um, here in the United States. So kudos to you, uh, Stanley Black and & Decker and, and Craftsman. And you know, I, I, I hope we see a resurgence of the, of the Craftsman brand now.
1: I hope so, too. It, that would be really, really, really uh, encouraging. And my,
0: and my company, we're actually a, um, a Craftsman distributor, too. So Awesome. Let, yeah. Let's
1: make it happen. You know, it, it, as an older, middle-aged guy who grew up knowing that brand and the exclusivity of it i mean it was when you had a craftsman tool set or you know wrenches and i believe at one time if you bought a craftsman product they gave you a lifetime warranty on it
0: that yes that is the case but it's also it's that's pretty much the case with all of the hand tools i would say 90 percent of them that we sell all cra- lifetime warranties. Yeah, they're all lifetime so warranty. If I, we uh, replace we replace and we fix hand tools um, because they are all lifetime warranted. So if somebody breaks a ratcheting wrench, we actually fix them because they're lifetime warranted.
1: On Craftsman or any brand? Uh,
0: a lot of the brands we sell. Stanley Proto and Craftsman and no some kidding. of the other brands. Didn't yes. know that. Mm-hmm. I'll
1: have to let my shop know that. Yeah. So even even on the commercial end if it's if it's used in a commercial setting you will as long as
0: it's not used beyond its intended use then well, it's warranted.
1: How do you validate that? How do you how Well, do you,
0: you could tell a lot of times, you know what I mean? Like if if you if you have a wrench and somebody is like a yeah, fix some other Yeah, fix some other kind of um like pipe to it in order to have it do something that it wasn't supposed to do. I mean, to be honest with you, though, we, we we that? we never we've never rejected one before. It's just one of those little disclaimers. I mean, every single tool that's ever been brought to us that we are a distributor for that brand, we warranty them. So that's great to know. Yeah. Good to know. Unfortunately, you can't do the same thing with carbide inserts. No,
1: no. But you can resell the carbide. I guess you can <laughs> recycle it. <laughs> that's very lucrative, Yes. apparently. So moving on, I wanted to get to the foundation or the fundamentals of this show. So I don't really know if you remember this, Jason, but uh, about uh, two months ago, I was asked by the SME to uh, participate in a panel discussion at DMDI in Chicago on smart manufacturing. It's a series that the SME puts on. And what they want is they want people to be engaged and and enlightened in manufacturing in all aspects. The concept of the seminar was Thrive or Die. And what they wanted us to do, the the three panelists on the um, discussion was myself, Fernando Ortiz from Robert Swiss, and Bill Fineup from M-Hub here in Chicago as well. It was really empowering for us to go in there and share with these people that were in this workshop all day long, you know, people from like Rolls-Royce, GE, Siemens, John Deere, Caterpillar, Uh, they had had sent their people to participate in the workshop all day, but yet they wanted to know what small manufacturing companies were doing to engage with their larger OEM customers with regards to make things smarter. What were we doing to, to help and, and, and just get the throughput of our products to them even faster?
0: So is this about improving the supply chain? It is, and they're big supply
1: chain people, so they wanted to know. They were looking at us, trying to get relevant information on what we were doing with our other OEM customers to make our collaboration easier,
0: right? Easier to do business, to faster do bus- throughput. You know, higher level of you know probably engineering communication.
1: Right. So Fernando, for instance, talked a lot about he has a lot, and and I had to agree with it too. Is because we do it at car is a lot of client collaboration. So when there's a new product design that comes out. Engineering would typically send it to us. We look at it before it goes into full production and we decide is there anything we can do with this original design of this product to make the part more efficient and more price of value, you know, knock down the price a little bit. So than what I would do. be
0: like an example of, of some kind of engineering change that you would make? Perfect. Um in order to Cut the cost of that product.
1: Engineering typically always over tolerances most of the dimensions on a print. So when that print goes into my shop and my machinist is trying to the the typical uh, tolerance on a three place decimal in the title blocks is plus or minus four thousands and that dimension could be plus or minus twenty thousands. Here's one guy, you know, pulling his hair out of his head trying to hold that tolerance, whereas if we could open up that tolerance a little bit more It's going to be significantly less time, which is going to be significantly less money. That's a very small example,
0: but it's- And that's an easy one, too. You You just got to ask that question. um, Do you really need to hold this tolerance? Exactly.
1: Tolerancing is the number one reason for the price to escalate.
0: Right and it's not like you're you're trying to make a product at a lower quality or, you no. know it's just that you want to you want to be cost efficient for right. the end user. Now, material is another thing.
1: Sometimes they'll spec out a material that's you know rare or or proprietary. Ha- proprietary hard to get hold of and you know I often Come back and say, Do you really need what you're asking on the print? Where you know, we, here's two options you need you that need high nickel concentration, yeah, you know, or can you, yes, or you know, does it have to be 01 heat treated uh, 40 Rockwell? Can we purchase a 4140 pre hard and which is 26 to 32 Rockwell C and we can machine that and that might be adequate for them? Where we don't, we can, we can pass up buying the O1 tool steel and we can pass up the heat treating process and all that other minutia that we have to go to sending it out to the heat treater back forth paperwork I mean that's all costly every time you have to handle that
0: oh yeah and there's always that push and pull between engineering and and the machining department that you know if, if if you can you know really get those two to get on the same page you'd be a lot more efficient
1: years ago my dad would never do that don't call the customer we don't want it. we don't want to upset the apple just car. just make just make it the just make spec- it per the print because yeah. but now you know we're in a an environment where it's all collaboration we're all talking and communicating that's one of cars core values that, that we're working on is really over communicating the process and i think our Larger OEM customers appreciate this design collaboration that, that we're, we're working on. But that's only one piece of it, Jason. Uh, Fernando was talking about innovative process development. He was also talking about um, challenge and development, innovate innovative solutions.
0: Well, what do those things mean? Because I just see a, you know, a series of words. Um, how, do you, how do you put that into real application? Well, being innovative is
1: creating solutions for them with regards to the design process. Well, what I mean is How like what can,
0: what what is an example of innovative process development?
1: Asking them, are there component parts that are part of the part that you want us to make? Can we create or can we source those component parts and make a sub assembly for you without all these parts going to them and they have to deal with it. And that's
0: becoming very popular. I well, mean, I know with a lot of the manufacturing clients that we deal with, they never used to be in assembly and now they are. They're assembling, they're packaging things well, and they're, they're a lot of times they're getting it at, you know, a hundred percent ready for, um, for the OEM ed user.
1: It cuts their costs, you know? And let's just say a simple bearing gets pressed on or slip fit on a shaft that we're making in our shop. If we can source that bearing we can bring it in and we can make out that shaft and put it together first of all we have the the end piece we know how to tolerance that bearing id to the shaft od and we can put it all it just it just makes sense and we can we can wrap it all up put the part number on it ship it out and they get it they just bam take it out and put it right into their assembly they don't even have to look for the bearing they don't have to look for the uh retention ring they don't they don't need all that um single sourcing single sourcing was another thing and for that's now. very related
0: to that it is when, very you, when you when you can apply a lot of those other services um you're able to be that single source for the customer right
1: Fernando talked a lot about risk assessment, risk versus reward. Well, we know about that in our day to day life, risk versus reward. I immediately think about like, um, investment opportunities, like in the stock market, it's all about risk versus re- reward. If mm-hmm. you want you know, 20% um, year after year return on your investment money, there's going to be a big risk that you are going to take to get that kind of return, but the risk Sometimes is the reward.
0: Those things need to be balanced out. I mean, if you're if you're pricing yourselves at a very low margin, and you know it's a very risky venture with a with a new startup, it might not be the best business decision to make. It, yes,
1: yes, exactly. Um, he also set, mentioned navigate as the market fluctuates.
0: Do you mean like industry
1: related mar- fluctuations? No. What I th- what I believe I, as I remember him saying was. Um, with regard to uh, material sourcing and buying it when the market is low. I mean, it's hard to... That's hard to do. It is. Yeah, that is hard. But that is another way that we can be collaborative and talk about that. You know, maybe they want... Maybe if we see a dive in 300 series stainless steel and they're buying, you know, a ton of it every quarter, that maybe they want to buy two tons for the entire... Uh, half a year at one time, so they can get a little a significant save. So you,
0: so at the the point where the the material drops down, you call your client up and say, you've already cut me a purchase Th- order. There's you've a a already priced on, this. You've already yeah. priced this out. I just want to give you the opportunity to save a little bit money by maybe working with you to pre-buy this material now that it's at a lower price. And that's a good partner. You know, that's what you want to be able to do is have that strong partnership um, with with your clients so that you can have those conversations. Right.
1: And Bill Fineup from the M-Hub, he talked a lot about the lowest cost, which is not what I necessarily believe in and how I model my business. But for his particular situation, he said that that was what most of the people that were coming to the M-Hub facility were looking for. Of course, they wanted the quality uh, was another key thing that he had mentioned. And staying relevant. Well, we all know how important that is, you know, among our prospects and our own clients to, to, to see that we're doing things that are relevant to what is important to us right now to make sure that we're, you know, we're on top of it. Um, networking. Part of not only networking with our clients, but networking with our peers, which I do quite a bit. I'm learning all about new, relevant, strategic innovation solutions when I sit with Fernando at a bar and have a couple beers. He's telling me. And that networking aspect translates into my own business. So how does that
0: benefit the big OEM that you're dealing with?
1: He's educating me on ways of his innovative process development, his design collaboration. So when I talk to my OEM, I can say the same thing and say, you know, this is what other people are doing. I think we should do it too. Why don't you let me preview that design before we actually put it into production?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's great, and I I completely agree with you. And that that goes back to our mastermind conversations that we've had which is the whole idea of no single person is you know smarter than than a group of people i mean i've learned so many great innovative things from from some of my peers and and several of them have resulted in exponential growth i've i've developed my transparent business model off of discussions with with some of my peers and you know it, I agree. I mean, there, that that alone is just so undervalued in in the manufacturing industry. Yep. Another another
1: thing I mentioned and, and shared with the workshop that day under survive was business succession, because without a business succession plan, it's going to be really really hard for you to survive. And I believe that your clients want to know that you have a robust, authentic, legitimate business succession plan in place because they're investing a lot of their resources into their vendor us and if you're not doing your due diligence and have a really ironclad business succession plan in place all of those dollars all that time and investment they're putting into you at some time it's going to fail because you don't have a business succession plan in place i know If I was doing multi-million dollars of business with a a vendor, I would really want to know whether that vendor is really prepared for the future. Are they relevant? I even kind of want to know if they have any significant debts. Are they top-heavy? Are they whatever? Because it's really a partnership at that point. So the other thing I mentioned too is I really believe the customers are finally get the Made in America ideals. I really believe that. I think that, you know, there's a big reshoring resurgence going on, and I also believe that um, the the big OEMs are finally understanding that if it really is made in America, that we genuinely are giving back and putting the resources back into our own country. Yeah, I mean,
0: this goes back to what we talked about previously in the manufacturing news, and I, I really believe that as near sourcing as you can do to where the the end user customer is going to be buying the better off that you're going to be so what what i would mean by that is if you're manufacturing parts for the printing industry, if it's a printing company here in the United States, they should be going through Jim Carr, you know, your machining company here in the United States. If it's for a printing company over in Europe, they should be dealing with a local manufacturing company over there. It just tightens up that supply chain. You know, that, that whole adage of going for the cheapest price is, the cheapest price is not always the cheapest it's price. It's so degradating. Yeah, but well, me, I mean, but, but the cheapest quote isn't always the cheapest price. That's what I, people don't realize. No, no. I mean, there's so much value that they can they can bring out of that relationship if they just open up that communication, if they ask those questions, if they look for that kind of collaboration. It, it just becomes such a win-win that goes beyond, oh, can I save, you know, a nickel here?
1: Exactly. And some people, that that's all. that Some people don't buy. get
0: it. You know what? And some people don't get it. And those, you know, quite frankly, you just have to make a decision. Do I want to deal with this kind of client or um, will I choose not to? Yeah. So... Another thing, too, that I know
1: you agree with, uh, Bill Fineup had said, it said, at the end of the day, it's all about working hard. And then, you know. We do you, that well here in the United you States. You just got to and work And in manufacturing. Hard. You've got to work hard. Yes. And he quoted, and so I put this up on as part of the PowerPoint presentation, and he told me, quote, unquote, quote, I had Which one, quote, I, quote, or unquote? Quote, <laughs> quote, I punched in three years ago and haven't punched out. I love that because that's sometimes doesn't that feel like what we're doing? It seems like we're working 24/7. It does. You it, know, and yeah. I know you laugh at me sometimes when my smartphone's next to my bed and I wake up at 2:35 a.m. and I'm checking emails or checking the car machine and tool Facebook page because someone
0: left a comment well, or something. Well, di- that's different though because but it's I working. yeah it it's is working, working. But no, there's a but there's a difference between working in the middle of the night, and not getting enough sleep, and, yes, yes. and and really you know being passionate and driven and tied to your job. And you know I agree with all those things. I mean you know it's I do probably work too much. I I I think I have a, a decent balance, but we really do, in, in the manufacturing industry we work hard. There's no other way to do it. Right. You know we got to smart and hard. Well,
1: I think that's the work ethics that our parents instilled in us. Yes. And I think that's I know for for me, you know, that has adult children, I know that work ethic has translated to my kids. And of all the things that I have ever have taught any of my children, I'm glad that they grasped that one thing. Because they saw how important that was to the family. And you know they've they've had a pretty privileged life, yeah. And you know they realize that dad has been uh, grunting a little bit and working at hard hours all these years. So. Yeah, I mean,
0: we I agree with you. I mean, maybe people think I, I beat this drum a little bit too much, but I mean, we even talk about our values as the Zenger family. So I talked to that to my son. My my ten year old daughter is very driven. My my son, I can I can see it in his eyes. My wife is super driven too. Good, um, and you know that's just you have to you have to sometimes be able to establish those values as a family as well. Good. I I agree a hundred percent. I'm actually going through. I don't through, even think you need to talk about it. I think oh I think you do. They're
1: gonna be well. You you don't have to. You don't have to. But no. But they're 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 so in tune with what you're doing. That they're gonna. That you don't even have to say anything. They're just gonna follow suit. They're gonna end up acting like little Jay Z's. I agree, around. but
0: to a certain extent, we're, you know. So we've established core values for the company. So we're going through an exercise. Hey, that's
1: my. That's gonna be my next podcast. <laughs>
0: we're gonna be establishing core values for our family too. Awesome. We're going to be going through that
1: exercise as well. That sounds like a different kind of podcast.
0: It sounds like a different kind of podcast. I yeah. mean, I'd be happy to talk about it if the Metalworking Nation wants to hear it. But we are going to be going through that process. we and we've already started talking about it a little bit. I, I've talked to my my son and my daughter. That my youngest one is too young to understand. But you know, we persevere to the end. That's one of our that that's one of our core values and during long walks um, where my son said to me, I want you to hold me. I'm like, I'm like, no, buddy, you gotta, you gotta persevere. <laughs> you gotta make it all the way back. And, and when we get back, I, God, I give him a high five and I said, you made it, bud. You did yeah. it. See, I, I told you, you could. It's enduring. Yeah, it yeah. is. It, it is. is. Anyway, uh,
1: th- that's what I learned from that. I thought it was great. I, I love being asked to participate in these different types of panel discussions because, you know, Like I said before, part of what I do to thrive in my own business is I network and I I love listening to different people and what other people are doing so I can um, take those tips and tricks and instill them into my own business. We've had Bill on the show. We've had Fernando on the show and and you you know that they're straight up um, good people and they're big fans of our show.
0: So I guess the the call to action to the metalworking nation would be really think hard if you're dealing with these larger OEMs, really think hard about how you can Bring that partnership closer together. How you could collaborate? How you can use some of these tools that Jim and Fernando and Bill talked about during this during this roundtable? And how can you bring those to your company? And you know, don't try and, to bite them off all and at one don't time. Think you're Just too small of a yeah. Company. No, you can. I Just mean, yeah. l- I mean, you little, do these things. You I know, do, so I, do. I mean, any anybody, any manufacturing company out there, if they're really deliberate about it, they could say to themselves, "Which one of these things can I do, or can I grab something else in order to bring my partnership closer?" Um, with the oems that i deal with and, and i think you need to really be deliberate about that and yeah. do it yeah
1: anyway we got to wrap it up because we've got a we've got to move on but you know i gotta i gotta say one thing jason it's uh, happy new year first and foremost i didn't say that to you happy Formally, new year and happy new year to the metalworking nation let's make it a good one yes you know we want to hear from you uh we, we want to know what you're doing to thrive because if you don't thrive, you're going to die. So let us know. We really, really love getting feedback from all of you. It's so empowering and rewarding when we get that email in our inbox and somebody's saying, man, I, I, I heard that podcast on 5S and I was so empowered by it. I put it into, into action. Please, by all means take a minute, let us know how we're doing, give us some direction, because, you know, this is a peer-to-peer information sharing experience for all of us. You know, w- w- Jason and I often have say we, we don't know everything. You know, Jason sometimes thinks he does, but, you know. Oh, the end, yeah. the- <laughs> I'm the one that thinks I know everything, really. <laughs>
0: but, M- mister, I'm not going to read the article that you sent me because I already know it all. <laughs> I've never said that to you. You say that to me all the time. I don't need to read that. Oh, I already know it. We need it. to talk about that one one day. Not now. Not now.
1: Anyway, but I, yeah. why don't you close off-line. this down, Jim? Yeah, 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 The only
0: thing that I was going to say at the end is that you know this whole <laughs> this whole idea um, <laughs> kind of um, reminds me of um, our episode eight, where which the title episode was Gro- eight, which was grow or die, which yes. was an interesting yes. subject that we talked about. This so is thrive or die. This is thrive or die. Thrive or die. So, or die. so anyway, with Wait, that. Pr-